Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. On this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast, you'll hear from Ebony Green, who is a speech-language pathologist in private practice in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I cannot wait for you to hear her story and how she's experiencing tremendous growth right now, much sooner than she could have imagined. Stay tuned. Well, and I'm grateful to you and all of the other people like you who have just you know, come forward and said, you know, hey, I learned some things along the way and I would love to be able to share them with others so that other people can have an easier time maybe than I did. Absolutely. Fabulous. All right, girl, you're ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. My name is Ebony Green. I'm in Gilbert, Arizona, which is a suburb outside of Phoenix, and the name of my private practice is Casa Speech Therapy. Fabulous. Well, it is so nice to be with you, Ebony, and I cannot wait to um, hear your story and share your journey to private practice with our listeners. So how about if we start at the very beginning of your private practice journey? Um, Tell me maybe what was life like for you when you were maybe in graduate school or your early career? Sure. So... Um, I started thinking about private practice about two years ago. Um, so there's a, it was kind of a long journey to get to um, becoming an SLP. Um, but the backstory basically is um, I, after I graduated from undergrad, I um, was in a national teacher corps um, known as Teach for America. Um, I taught in the Houston area for four years um, as a Teach for, Teach for America Corps member. And um, during that time, I knew that um, I really wanted to continue um, in education. The Teach for America um, commitment is two years. Um, so I stayed an additional two years, but I was trying to think about what was going to be next for me. And during that time, I met the SLP that was um, serving one of the schools that I worked at. And one day she came up to me and she said, you know, you should really think about going into speech pathology after you finish Teach for America. And 
I wasn't really sure what it was or never heard of the major or anything like that before. And she said, <clears throat> you can still work with kids. You know, you get to help them with um, more specialized instruction and you get to help them, um, you know, meet some of their speech goals and just, um, you know, she knew that I really was passionate about helping the students that were in my classroom that she worked with. And um, the other thing that she mentioned that um, she said was a bonus, I guess, is that I'm bilingual. So she said, you know, there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of bilingual kids that need testing in Spanish that, you know, we need to communicate with the parents about their IEP goals and things like that. And we don't have a lot of um, speech pathologists that can um, help serve that population. So she kind of just piqued my interest about it a little bit. And then I did my research and found out about a program um, at a university in um, Texas, which is where I was living at the time. And all the courses were online for um, the SLPA um, or the bachelor's level um, degree. So I went ahead and enrolled in that program. I started taking pre-leveling courses. And um, that I guess the rest is history. I later moved to Arizona and um, got my SLPA license. I worked as an SLPA for um, four, four years. Um, during that time, I also um, got into a graduate program that was for working professionals. So I continued to work as an SLPA while uh, pursuing my degree. And um, now I have my SLP degree. Nice. <laughs> Fabulous. Congratulations. And, and so that sounds like, like a wonderful road, right? You were already like giving back, right? I can tell that you're a, a passionately giving person, right? You did Teach for America, which is an amazing program. And you had this wonderful encounter with an SLP at, the, at a school, right, that you were working at. And she must have seen something in you that, you know, identified you as someone who could be a helper for kids like the ones that you were working with. Yes. And um, you're right. I mean, I always had a passion for helping others. Um, part of the reason why I joined Teach for America was because I just love the mission of giving back and helping in the underserved communities. Um, I'm a first generation college student and um, I grew up in a similar um, you know, demographic as some of the students that I worked with during my Teach for America um, experience. So I've always wanted to help out and um, the, you know, this career just seemed like the perfect fit for me after I left the classroom. So, um, and I was really excited that I could still be in a school setting if I wanted to and um, I did start out my early career in the school setting, so I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I uh, made that choice to pursue speech. That's fabulous. So when you were when you were working in the schools and working with the kids after you had your degree, at what point did you start thinking about private practice? Um, so again, that was about two years ago. Um, I had a wonderful mentor um, who as a, practice, a private practice, and um, I just learned so much from her about um, owning a business and um, running a private practice, and it just seemed like something that she was really passionate about, um, and I became really interested in it. Um, to, be, to be really honest, though, what really kind of pushed me forward in um, pursuing the practice, my private practice even more was um, when I was in my last school position. Um, it was a very challenging position um, with a large caseload and I just kept getting more and more um, work, you know, given to me, um, you know, and it was just to the point where I really wasn't able to be, I didn't feel like I was being an effective therapist because I was doing so much paperwork 
And I thought, you know, I've, I had a little bit of experience in home health and just comparing the sessions that I would have in home health versus in a, you know, in the school setting that I was in and um, seeing the difference with having, you know, being able to focus more on the therapy side and less on the paperwork side was just um, something that I truly wish I could have with all of my clients and all the kids that I was seeing. So I kind of made the decision that, um, you know, that was going to be my last, um, my last job in the school. And um, I'm just happy that I went ahead and pursued um, private practice because I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I have that ability to give the personalized one-on-one -on -one attention to all of my clients. Um, you know, every session I have time to plan before, I have time to really put some thought into the notes that I do. And I just think it's wonderful to be able to provide that um, to my clients. And I've seen so much growth in, um, in a lot of them, which, you know, I didn't think honestly that it would be possible to see growth as quickly as I have, but it certainly has been, um, you know, a different experience and I really am, am grateful for it. That's fabulous. What kind of clients do you work with now? Do you work with, again, mostly kids? Do you work with all ages? What is your kind of clientele? How would you describe them? I work with all ages. So um, we see kids from three and um, all the way to adults. I have some adults that are, you know, in their 30s and 40s, and I have some younger kids, like I said, that are um, still preschoolers. So um, it's a wide range, which again, I like being able to um, have such a diverse um, caseload and is every day is different. Um, so, you know, I'm never, I never think, you know, oh my gosh, this is such a mundane thing where I'm doing the same thing every single day because I have such a diverse caseload and um, I enjoy working. I can't say, I can't pick a specific age that I necessarily like because I like working with everyone. So it's really nice to have that um, opportunity. Yeah. Well, it just sounds like if you, if you're able to help people and then, and that's what's rewarding for you, right. And you've mentioned that you can see them make all this progress, you know, at some point, you know, many people in private practice niche at some point, but in the beginning part, yeah, you see whoever you feel comfortable, confident, and, um, you know, capable of seeing. And some people really like that generalist approach and they want to be generalist. They, they don't want to, you know, give up one population in favor of another and other people are like nope I only like hearing loss <laughs> right or I only like I don't know aphasia or whatever right so I think that you know you can you choose you you do you and you yeah. figure out what it is that you like to do yeah and I think that's been um, consistent with you know my career as a teacher I started out as an elementary school teacher for two years and then I ended up teaching high school so I taught um high school Spanish my final two years in the classroom. And I can't say that I really, you know, preferred one over the other. I liked working with the little kids. I liked working with the high schoolers. It's just um, being able to help is, you know, really what I like to do, so. Love it. It's, and you know, so, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So if someone asked like, you know, what does your private practice look like? What, what does it look like in terms of like schedule or location or all those kind of things? So we are, um, primarily home-based. Um, all of our clients that we see, we go into the homes. And um, again, we, we serve children from three all the way to adults. We have a um, contract with the state of Arizona to provide services. And um, unlike a lot of states where um, if, you're, if you have a contract with the state, you can only serve a certain population like early intervention. 
ours is not restricted to just the younger kids. So we can see whoever qualifies for um, the services that the state offers. Um, right now we have, um, I would say about 65 um, clients that we serve. Wow, that's and, fabulous. Yeah. And, and you've said the word we a couple of times. I'm just curious who the we is. So we, so we is um, myself, I'm one of the therapists, um, also the owner of the company, but there's also four other therapists on staff. Uh, we have two SLPAs and two SLPs. Um, and then we also have, uh, we actually just hired a, a occupational therapist and a occupational therapist assistant. So they haven't um, started seeing clients yet, but that's supposed to be starting this week. So that's something new. Wow, that's a big step. That's congratulations. Thank you. We're really excited. That kind of, you know, just um, fell into our lap because there was such a need for occupational therapy. And I wasn't ready. I didn't think I was ready to take that leap to add on another discipline. But I found someone um, and, you know, the OT that I knew, she was like, I will help you, you know, find someone um, to come in and do the therapy. She's just doing the supervising and it just works perfectly. So now we can reach those um, OT clients that need a therapist, which is great. That's absolutely fantastic. So it sounds like you're you're even growing a little quicker than you thought maybe you would, huh? Oh my goodness. I'm growing so fast. I don't think I was prepared <laughs> for how fast um, I would grow, but you know, I'm thankful for um, how everything is um, progressing. And um, I started out with just two clients um, on the side and I would just see them, you know, before school or after school. And um, I was working, um, like I said, in the school setting, I was also working at a private clinic. And then um, once I got my contract with the state, things just started to grow literally like overnight. I, you know, was just um, contacted pretty much every day with um, requests for therapy. And then I said, okay, I'm going to have to hire some people because there's just such a need and I can't fulfill all this by myself. But um, luckily, you know, we've been able to um, hire and um, some of the people that um, are work for us on staff, they've been in home health before. So they kind of had experience, which was good. That's fabulous. Oh, I'm just so excited for you. That, that again, speaks to the need in your area, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a very high need. And uh, my therapists travel, you know, all over our area. So there's um, some therapists that will drive like clients that we have in more remote areas because um, there's just not a lot of therapists that travel that far. And we see some people that live on reservations and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that we're able to meet that need because a lot of times they're waiting for therapists for six months or more. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's really, it just really makes me happy again that we're able to help. <laughs> yeah. And have you gotten to do any of the of bilingual therapy like you had wanted to back when, when you first started? Yes. So 40% of our caseload is Spanish speaking only. If we have to do an evaluation, the evaluation is done by myself in Spanish. And then I'm the only Spanish-speaking therapist, but I have a full caseload and a full schedule. So I'm usually the liaison if they, you know, get another therapist that's not bilingual, but I'm always there to translate or to provide any assistance that they might need in, with someone in Spanish. So I've done, I've done quite a few Spanish evals. So really, you know, happy about that because I know it's sometimes hard with the language barrier 
for them to be able to get services. Sometimes, you know, they just wait until someone becomes available. But again, you know, it's not always easy to find someone who can provide services in their native language. So yeah, what a tremendous um, service you're doing for the community, right? Because not only might they be going, just they just might be going completely without services, right? If there wasn't anyone who could easily communicate with them. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So what have you learned about yourself now that you're a business owner? I've learned quite a few things. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that I can't say necessarily something that I've learned about myself, but I guess a lesson is to just expect the unexpected. I know it sounds cliche, but in the short time that I've owned this business, I've seen so much happen that, you know, I didn't think would happen from the good to the bad. You know, we've had some really high highs and we have had a few lows. And so you just never know, you know, what, what can happen on any given day as, um, as a business owner, you know, I'm the HR, I'm the therapist, I'm the therapy coordinator, I'm the payroll person. So every day is different. And again, you know, I can't say that I know exactly what's going to happen every single day (laughs) because the unexpected happens sometimes, but you just have to learn how to roll with it and how to, how to just make it work somehow. So in the past few months, I've really just learned how to go with the flow, I guess. That's one thing I've learned about myself. (laughs) I love it. That's that we can all stand to go with the flow a little bit more, right? Right. Just rolling with the punches, take what comes because we don't have control over the different things that come our way. Right. But we can control how we handle it. Exactly. So that's great. Okay. So what does the next like six months to a year or more look like for you? What are your goals, your plans? What are you looking forward to? So we definitely want to continue to grow in the number of clients that we serve. Um, I'm hoping in six months to double where we're at right now. Literally just like two days ago, I signed a lease on an office (laughs) for myself. So it's a small, you know, one office suite at a co-working space, but that will just give me a little bit more time to do some more evals and things like that where I don't have to travel. And then I like to have our staff meet once a month because everyone's, you know, traveling and seeing clients um, all week. And then we don't have the chance to get together as a staff. So having this office space at this co-working location, you know, they have conference rooms, they have a lot of amenities that we'll be able to use for the business. So I'm hoping that, you know, to just continue to grow. Now that I have the office space, I can potentially do more evals. And then that means we can get more ongoing therapy for our clients. Oh, that sounds like a great plan. And how amazing, right? That we're, we're doing this interview at a time where you're about to bring on occupational therapy and now you have some office space in this co-working location. So this really is like a crux of tremendous growth about to happen. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, it is definitely, like you said, (laughs) tremendous growth. Some days I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, this is so overwhelming, but it's, it's not overwhelming where, you know, I felt in previous settings where I was like, I just want to give up. (laughs) It's over. It's an overwhelming, happy feeling, an overwhelming feeling. I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. Well, and I can't wait to see what's next for you also. Before we wrap up, is there anything that we either haven't touched on or lessons learned that you'd like to share with our listeners? So I would just say, you know, find a great group of people to support you as you're starting your private practice. For me, it was the co-working space that I joined. I joined just as a community member without an actual office or anything like that, where I would just go and I was able to attend any events that they had. They did a lot of events on just entrepreneurship in general. 
and then I was able to connect with other women entrepreneurs in my area. And to me, that was very empowering just to see other women so passionate about their businesses and helping each other out. And then, you know, just having the support of someone, being able to talk to someone about what it's like to own a business was nice. I don't think if I didn't have that support, I don't think I would have been as persistent, you know, right away because I would have just had, you know, there would there wouldn't have been, I guess, anyone really pushing me. Um, whereas at the co-working space that I was a part of, they definitely have these accountability events and things like that where you are held accountable for things and they do tell you, okay, this is what you need to do in three months, this is what you need to do in six months. So that would be my piece of advice. Find a good support network. If you live in an area where, you know, you can do a co-working space, like I know there's different ones throughout different cities are starting to grow in popularity, I would recommend starting there. I'm also, you know, I'm still going to be a part of one with my office. So that makes me even more excited because again, I can still have that ability to collaborate with other professionals. Wow. That is a great piece of advice. And yeah, co-working spaces are definitely becoming more and more popular, right? I live right. in I live in the Boston area and there are tons. I feel like every week a new one is like targeting with me with ads on Facebook, right? And they're, they're just more and more places. And then, but the, the cool part of, not only is it that you have like a space outside of your house where maybe you have distractions or we talked about before the interview went live that we both have kids, right? Yeah. Which kids are wonderful. I love them to pieces, but they can also be distracting, obviously. <laughs> but the events that they often have at these co-working spaces are really pretty incredible. And whether they're about business or some co-working spaces have like, you know, mindfulness things and right. I don't know, yoga and all that kind of stuff, which yes. is amazing. So I'm really excited for you that you've been able to tap into a community of other female entrepreneurs to, to push you and to hold you accountable because we all need that. It's, it's been amazing. Yeah. And we do definitely need it. So I'm very glad for that too. Nice. Any other things to tell the listeners? Um, sure. I'll share one other tip. So in the Facebook group that I've been a part of for, I don't know, a year now that you run the private practice beginners group, you know, if you're not a part of that group, definitely join <laughs> because I've learned so much from other SLPs who are trying to start private practices or who've been in practice for a while. A really good tip that I got from someone was to look into getting a virtual assistant because as you mentioned during this time of rapid growth and change, I just have so many different you know, things to juggle. And I was at one point, I was like, I just need to hire someone, but I can't afford it. And then sure enough, I get on, you know, the Facebook group and they talked about a virtual assistant and how they're affordable and they can help you out with some of the, you know, easier things that someone can do like the admin stuff. And I looked into it and, you know, I was able to find someone who's been tremendous at helping me with my admin work. So that's been a huge help to just get some stuff off my plate. And I, I wouldn't have known about that if I wasn't in the Facebook group. So nice. join the nice. group for sure if you haven't already joined it. That's my yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the SLP private practice beginners group is a wealth of information for, for just things like that. Things that you just have never really thought about doing, right? The thing about quick plug for virtual assistants or just any assistant really is that you want to remember that your time is really valuable, especially you as the business owner, right? You as the treating therapist are also important because you're obviously bringing income in every hour, half hour, however long your sessions are, right? right. Through, through billing, right? And if you're spending an hour trying, like making follow-up phone calls or, you know, uh, tweaking times in a calendar or that kind of thing, that is a whole hour of time that you're missing out on, let's just say, $100 of reimbursement. 
where you could hire a virtual assistant for, I don't know how much your person is charging, but you know, like way less than that, let's just say, right? So you can have them do a lot of the busy work and they're probably better and faster at it than you are, right? Their their zone of genius is going to be different than your zone of genius. So if you can hire people to do tasks that are very important, but are sometimes, you know, maybe repetitive or maybe just, you know, aren't income producing. That's the word I meant to use at the beginning of this. You as the business owner want to focus on income producing, you know, business and opportunities and hire out things that maybe aren't income producing, but are integral to the success of your business. Right. And for us, she handles a lot of the data entry. So um, that was taking me, you know, anywhere from an hour to three hours to make sure everything's right and to make sure that we have the insurance correct and all of, you know, all of the small little details that we need to have in place are there. But she's, like you said, really good at it. She's efficient. A lot of the uh, virtual assistants, they, they live overseas. So they might be on a different time zone, but I wake up in the morning and everything's, you know, input and we're ready for the day. So, and the, the prices are way more affordable than hiring someone. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com, click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.